Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 74th episode of Korea Podcast. Today, I'm joined with Joyce Chang. She's a landscape designer from Philadelphia, United States. Now, with that quick introduction out of the way, could you please tell us how you give us a little introduction on how you got into visual arts and design? Okay. Yeah, well, I guess that depends on how I define art, but I started drawing when I was little. Like, it was never anything serious, just like doodling around. And I think I started doing digital art my freshman year of college. I started watching some like YouTube tutorials and I joined a Discord server with a lot of people wanting to become artists. That was like the first time I thought there could be a chance I could become an artist because back home in Taiwan, like, My parents would always be like, oh, yeah, you can keep art as a hobby, but you're not going to do that as a job. You know, Asian parents like and everyone around me was basically of the same like train of thought. And I I was pretty good at like academics and like math and stuff. So like I was like, okay, so I'll just become like an architect or engineer or something and I'll keep art as a hobby. But after I joined the Discord server, everyone's so like passionate about doing art as a living or taking art more seriously. That kind of made me think maybe like it was be a possibility for me to like improve on art in like a more rigorous way or just take it more seriously. So I guess that would be in like 2019. I started like doing art more and I started I started my Instagram. I started posting and then everything just kind of went from that. Yeah. It's amazing how a lot of people in the art community and myself included, and we have such a, a lot of us have such a similar experience, like coming up in this, like, you know, art world. Um, I kind of had actually the same experience as you. Um, and it got ingrained to me by society, by teachers, by parents and everything that I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I first, I went to mechanical engineering and I was like, you know, it, Because since I was a kid, I loved, you know, making robots and, you know, spaceships and stuff like that. But I didn't know. And there were no good counselors to tell me you love the creative process. You don't actually like the, you know, funky math stuff. And yeah, I mean, that took me through that path. And I was like, I don't like this. This is like too boring and dry. And (laughs) no, not creative. (laughs) And actually, I got the highest score on industrial sketching or design subject during that only semester I attended. So, which that was a big, you know, green light for me that, hey, maybe you like only the creative parts and drawing (laughs) parts and not the, you know, the other parts. And I was like, "Hmm, you know, makes sense. So I decided to change majors and I went to computer science with the intention of maybe, all right, it's it's more, it has less of those, you know, hard math and physics and stuff. But it's mm-hmm. closer to, for example, video game industry and, you know, becoming, yeah. maybe becoming a front-end development developer or something, you know. It still has some lingering, you know, hopes of, you know, being a creative in that field. But I mm-hmm. chose all of that paths because I thought, you know, I should have, like, art as a hobby or something. You know, it, I can't have it as a major thing, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, that's super similar to, you know, what you described. And, uh, yeah, but it's fascinating. And I'm really happy that with the ad with like, you know, advance of, you know, progress of technology and a lot of tutorials and internet, this is becoming less and less of a, less and less of a worry, you know, for people to, for those yeah. who want to fully commit their passion, to fully commit to their art passions and stuff like that. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, uh, when I was little, sorry, sorry go when I was little, I definitely didn't know that, like, 
like concept art it was a job or like you can there's like artists behind like pixar movies i thought it was just like a bunch of animators and then the writer like i didn't understand that there were a lot of art jobs out there but i feel like kids these days especially like a lot of young artists on instagram and on other things like they they start drawing digitally like when they're like 12 like they start so early and i feel like that's like such a cool thing that like social media or technology have brought has brought us like i'm so excited to see like these young people that are already so good at art like at like 15 to, to see where they go in the future it's crazy yeah oh yeah i'm not um doubtful at all that the next generation of artists are going to be super like you know super great artists are going to start yeah. you know blooming at super young age it's it's with everything not just art you know mm-hmm. like um the record of i think being the youngest international grand international master and grandmaster in chess like has been broken i think recently it's mm-hmm. all because of the like, advent of you know technology and progress we're making in everything yeah <laughs> like the speed yeah. is just we're just you know skyrocketing in everything and there are like kids or might even start at six or seven you know for example imagine <laughs> their parents give them an ipad and they open up procreate and are like hmm what's this and imagine they yeah. discovered that early like i mean oh my yeah. god that's just crazy and um all right and were you originally studying art and design or were you pursuing another career path? I know you already mentioned and we also talked about this exact topic briefly, but I was wondering, like, in your head, like, was that always the case or, you know, uh, You mean to pursue art and design? Or? Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> I originally thought I was just going to keep it as a hobby because, like, I, I guess I was kind of the art kid in class growing up. But that was all it was going to be, like, for me. And there was one time, though, that was, like, the first time I thought my art had value. I was in elementary school. And I I used to sketch, like, mermaids. I would draw mermaids and I would, like, hide them because I had, like, a tomboy image. And I couldn't let people know I was drawing mermaids. <laughs> but I would draw these mermaids. And then the, the girl sitting beside me saw it. I was like, shit. But, like, oh, sorry, can I swear? <laughs> Is it oh no, okay it's fine. It's, it's okay. absolutely fine. I mean, it's not okay. Cool, right. but like she, like the other day, not the other day, the next day, she asked me to give her like a drawing of a mermaid. Like she was like, oh, I really like these drawings. Can I have them? And they started just like doing drawings for people. So that's like the earliest that I think I thought, okay, like I'm pretty pretty good at art, or like I'm pretty okay at art that people want my art. Like that's in elementary school, but that was still like okay, I'm gonna keep it as a hobby. But then I remember, I think, sophomore year of college, I started doing basically the same thing with the mermaids, well, commissions, where I actually, like, get, like, some money from it. And I can, like, draw something that people enjoy. And that that was still before I thought I was going to do it as a job. I thought I just couldn't earn something on the side. But I remember how, like happy I felt when the client is like really touched by my work or really really enjoy my work and like their feedback and like them enjoying what I created is such like a unique feeling that I don't really get within my field yet I guess or within anything else I do so that is definitely like something that I uh, correlate a lot with doing art is to like bring people like some kind of positive feeling that's like I feel like I went off topic, but no, no, no it's fine. Yeah, that's definitely like something important to me in art, and something that like, uh, like kept me on this path, like of like creative arts and design, I guess. 
Awesome. And um, right now, of course, in the introduction, I mentioned that you're a landscape designer. But the question I'm going to ask is, what is your main branch of design that you're focusing on right now? And tell us about your experience from the start of it until now. In landscape architecture? Yes, the main thing you're focusing on right now. Okay. So I'm currently working as a landscape designer in a firm. And I graduated in May. So and I got the job like around May as well. And that's definitely what I've been mainly focusing on for the past four years, like while I was in college, because that's my major. Like I went to school, like I have a Bachelor of Science in Landscape Architecture. And so that's what I've been focusing on because I've always wanted to do something creative. And I always like, I think about the environment a lot, like I'm like since a very young age. And it's just seemed like the natural path to take if I want to do both. And I can also kind of use my like math skills, you know. So that's definitely what I've been doing with landscape architecture. And now that I'm working in the industry, I definitely also enjoy it a lot just because like, Uh, Something I guess you don't really get in art, at least at my level, is you can't really make a thing that will become real. And something with landscape architecture is not only you can build it and you can walk in it and experience it, landscape architecture in particular, how it differs from architecture, is that it also grows. Like, it's not a static landscape. It's not, like, a building. Not to say, like, buildings aren't cool, but, like, with landscape architecture, the the environment it changes over time different plants grow you can plant in different plants and you can like think about sustainability you can think about like how it's going to affect the people around you can bring nature to like a very urban area which is something i've always been like really fascinated about because especially in like highly dense like urban areas people don't really get access to nature and i think that especially affects mental health a lot especially with like technology and everything people don't really go out they're not going to drive like two hours to go to like some preserve to like experience nature because they have a job and everything so i feel like with landscape architecture it definitely becomes something important to me to bring like the experience of nature into the urban environment so that's what i'm <laughs> working so, with right now yeah so what i'm hearing that the main area you're really interested in is urban architecture right um, uh, I think uh, what I think what I'm trying to say is has another name, eco urban architecture, something like that, which is like an involvement uh, of. Come on, sorry. Yeah, it's landscape architecture in the urban realm. Like it's not. I'm not like trying to change the natural environment in that sense. I'm more focused on doing landscape architecture in urban areas. Yeah. All right. Awesome. And how does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a project? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's different for uh, what I do in like with my art on Instagram, that kind of stuff, and my landscape architecture work. So with landscape architecture, I usually, although I do most of my like uh, planning like on CAD and other pro- computer programs, I start concepting on like little p- pieces of paper I see on my table, like just post-it notes, and I have a little notebook. I use like a really worn down pencil where the tip is very blunt, so it's not very sharp. And I start concepting with like big shapes. And this is where art and landscape architecture really overlap, where it's really about shape design and how like spaces and shapes interact with each other and create like uh, hierarchy of uh, spaces or shapes in terms of art. So I start, 
I start both of my processes in art and landscape architecture in the concepting stage with like pencil and paper usually. And then uh, with landscape architecture, I move on to uh, designing more micro, like more details in either AutoCAD or Photoshop. AutoCAD, I can get really detailed with like dimensioning and Photoshop, I can kind of get more graphic or more illustrative so I can feel like the experience of in the landscape. And with art, I guess I just move it into Photoshop or Procreate and I go from there. Yeah. All right. And the next segment of the podcast, I want to ask you about um, some of your works I've seen on, uh, well, on your Instagram profile well i mean i see you being really active in the field of character development and design Mm -hmm. um but i don't see much of landscape stuff like and it's and i see like i actually want to ask you this like you know because the the colorings of your characters you know they they look really fresh you know on a lot of them and i actually want to ask you. you uh what is your process of character design like, how does your process of character design go? And how do you pick colors and references? Like, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, the reason why there isn't a lot of, like, landscape or environment stuff is mainly because that's what I do, like, in school or professionally. So, I, like, when I do art, it's kind of an escape from that or, like, a change of pace. So I want to do something that's very different. So I use, like, very vibrant colors and that I can't really use in landscape architecture and I use when I do character mostly. But, yeah, when I choose colors, like, I can't say I've ever studied color theory in depth. Like, I've uh, talked to, like, professional artists about it, and I listened to some videos, but I haven't really gone in depth with it. So I'm still pretty, like, I'm, I'm, I generally just use my intuition. I know that's not very helpful. But uh, I also do some oils, and with oils, you kind of do, like, the underpainting, and then you paint above it. And that's kind of what I do specifically with human characters. I do, like, an under reddish tone of underpainting, and then I overlay, like, other colors, like purple. I think uh, Ahmed Al-Duri, like, also had that on his... He, basically like told me how to do this to like overlay color in a way that like it still shines through and I found that really intuitive because it feels like traditional so I guess the most of my character processes I try to mimic the feeling I get in traditional so I don't use a lot of layers I use like three layers usually and I merge them like every like 30 minutes or so just because it's more intuitive for me to work on like same layer um, with colors, usually I don't go too crazy with it. Usually I uh, I feel like I choose a color palette just from like like a like hues that are close together. Like I don't go really crazy with it, and that's something I want to work on. But that like requires a more in depth understanding of color theory. And with uh, references, honestly, I'm pretty free with it. <laughs> I just choose pictures from uh, Pinterest that I that I like that makes me feel something. Or a lot of the times, I take pictures for more like specific reference, like specific angles. I take pictures of my friends or pictures of myself, like in order to get the exact like expression or pose that I want. And that's what I do for bigger pieces that I don't think I posted on my Instagram, but it's also what I do for like, <laughs> uh, I think one the one the posts that I have where the, the girl had like hands on her face, that definitely is like a selfie that I took. <laughs> Because I couldn't find the exact post I want in Pinterest. 
So that's definitely is helpful. And that's what I say a lot to people who ask me questions about uh, how to draw and like portraits or like how to find reference. Now, just like say, take like take a picture of yourself because you're you can either spend five hours like looking through Pinterest looking for the specific reference that you want, or you can just buy a selfie stick and take a picture of yourself and then be done with it. It takes you what three seconds. It's so easy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Even for animation stuff, um, yeah. like even Ethan Baker, I think he said a lot on his videos that he, a lot of uh, reference animations for his works is him just goofing around in his home, like, you know, having yeah. a camera around. And another idea, like I think someone in his comment section, and I don't, I don't, don't think it's a new idea necessarily, but to me it was new, mm-hmm. um, that someone yeah. said maybe put a close a selfie stick and make the phone the angle like this and put it in your sock in your shoe and start running or maybe have a friend drag you and give a you know really unique perspectives you know for reverence animations and i was and i thought that was so cool yeah that's pretty cool yeah yeah and yeah i definitely do that for animation as well (laughs) (laughs) all right and do you still plan on doing animations more animations uh maybe one thing about animations is it's it's very time intensive at least for me and i think for most people like i do frame by frame like i don't understand adobe animate where you can kind of tween automatically i don't really i've never used it i just use procreate's animation uh feature so i just do that and it takes me around like that video i think it took me like four hours like five hours i don't know usually my my character designs they don't take me over like two two hours i don't know but because usually i don't have that much time and for that animation i definitely pulled an all-nighter because i was straight after work and i don't see myself having that much free time usually so i don't have to do it on weekends or i have to pull more (laughs) all-nighters uh yeah, so like hopefully, like I have a project that I've been working on bit by bit, like for like about a month now, where I want to do like an animatic of this world I've been building on. But that's probably going to take a while with like work and everything. But definitely, I'm thinking about doing more animations. Um, would you care to tell us a little bit about the board you're making, or do you want to <sighs> later announce it, you know, as like a polished thing? <laughs> I like, it's not like I want to be like dramatic and like I'll release it when it's like done, but like I just don't want to jinx it, you know, it's one oh, of those yeah. things. Totally. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And well, the next question is who are your favorite artists and designers that have inspired you the most? Oh, okay. M- most of my friends know, like, I am, and I was particularly a while back, obsessed with this artist called Dave Cooper. I think uh, he used to be a cartoonist, or maybe he still is now, but I started uh, looking at it at his uh, oil paintings first, and his shapes and his like values and colors is just like amazing to me. Every time I see anything he posts, it's like gorgeous. He did this series of like pomegranate studies, like oil studies of pomegranate, and it's just pomegranates, but like it's so gorgeous. And I have it as my like home screen. I have it as like everything for a while. Uh, yeah, Dave Cooper, like he's on Instagram as well. And I have one of his art books. And the guy with the huge great. beard? Yeah. You follow oh. him? I know, but I just Googled him and just oh, found okay, him out. Yeah. yeah, his stuff looks amazing. 
Yeah, it's definitely some of my friends don't really get it because it's not very like concept arty, which is like what yeah. most of my friends are into. But his stuff is like very surreal, and the colors are very like evocative, and I really, really, really enjoy his like color palette and everything he does. And he was also really helpful when I first started on oils. I reached out to him asking like what like colors or what brand he uses because that's every artist does that. Like what brushes do you use basically? But he was very helpful with that and. Yeah, he definitely is still one of my favorite artists. Another artist I really like, especially recently, is Zedig. You probably already know him, like mm. Z-E-D-I-G. I don't know how to uh, pronounce his real name, but he's a Zedig on most things. He does a lot of a lot of character designs, a lot of environments mm-hmm. for animations. He did stuff for Owl House, I think, the like an animated series. Uh, his shape design is gorgeous. Like his line quality, am- amazing. His animations are great. Like I love everything he does as well. Yeah, and um, what technologies and softwares mostly do you use for your works? I mean, it, and it's kind of funny because I asked this question after you <laughs> mentioned that a lot of artists always ask, "What brushes do you use? You know, what stuff do you use?" And basically, <laughs> this question is that. What brushes do I use? No, not as, I mean the softwares and the the, techno- the hardware oh. you use. Okay, so I have a I have an Intros tablet. It's not a screen tablet. It's just a wait. Is it on screen? Yeah. Ah, this I have one of those. Yeah, but it's different. It's and like those that have like a blue color thingy. It's it's an Intuos medium, Wacom uh, Intuos okay. medium. Yeah, and uh, recently I've been working more on my iPad as well. My iPad definitely feels better to draw on, although I like Photoshop more than Procreate in some ways. But to be able to see like the screen and then to draw on it, like I know that's the thing with screen tablets. It just feels more intuitive, and and also I have a feeling that like because I do most of my work on my computer like when I do art I kind of want it to be separate so having like a separate workstation and like a place where I do art uh, exclusively I feel like also helps and yeah so I basically I just use Photoshop and Procreate that's like the two things I use alright awesome and um, what are you working on right now that you can tell us about what kind of project is it I mean, of course, if there's an NDA involved, we can skip right past this question, but if that's not the case, what are you doing right now? Uh, uh, for work stuff, I can kind of vaguely talk about it, I guess. It's a, it's a, uh, right now, it's a, I'm working on a small project for uh, uh, a place in New Jersey, and it's like a memorial project. It's very technical. We're working with, uh, sun angles and we're working it's it's a very technical thing and i have to do like 3d models for it i have to map out like the trajectory of the sun and like the sun angles through the 3d object so that's been fun to work on just as like a brain teaser just figuring stuff out and with art uh yeah i already mentioned it that one project that i've been working on uh right now i'm in like concepting stage i guess i have sketches of the environment and i've been trying to model it in blender yeah and has there been like a recent video game that you played that it really like you know <laughs> leave the mark like left a mark on you like in terms of you know art inspirations you know stuff like that uh, 
Well, this one's definitely not recent, but I, I've been playing it like continuously, even after I beat it over and over. It's Breath of the Wild. There's also something like everyone who knows me knows I'm obsessed with Breath of the Wild. Like I'm not. I started gaming like later on in life, so I don't have a lot of early life game experiences. And Breath of the Wild definitely was one of the only games that really I could play alone for hours because most of the games I play are with friends, and that's why I play it. But with Breath of the Wild, I have like three different saves. Like I played it over and over again. It's just gorgeous. I would sometimes when I find a spot that's just really pretty, I would just stand there as Link and I would just like look around and I take screenshots because everything is just amazing. <laughs> like that's also like after I played Breath of the Wild, I was like, I want to work in the game industry. <laughs> Because it just feels so like transcendent to be able to bring that experience to the player and to create something so beautiful, but also you're able to interact with, which is different from like just like a painting. You know, that's definitely something I'm into. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I've never played Breath of the Wild or, or any <gasps> Zelda games, but oh the closest thing I played was I think ten months ago. There was a new game that you know announced Genshin Impact, which was basically the oh the copy version of the Breath of the Wild, but with yeah, enemy characters. Yeah. Yeah, that's and I checked the footage of the Breath of the Wild, and yeah, that was exactly it. Like, it was <laughs> shamelessly copied, and yeah. they added cute anime girls and characters, and that's what people <laughs> like. And apparently, it's true for some reason. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely recommend you play Breath of the Wild. Like. Uh, a few of my friends couldn't get into it, but most people I know are like really love the game. Like no matter what kind of like gamer you are, I guess like you could probably find something in Breath of the Wild that you can really enjoy. Especially for an artist, I feel like Breath of the Wild is just amazing. <laughs> Especially with uh, the the second game coming out in twenty twenty two. Yeah, so you should probably play the first one, and then and then the second one will come out next year. Then yeah, I mean, I'd love to try and play a lot of Nintendo games, like even the older ones. Like, yeah. I mean, Nintendo is amazing with with the amount of innovation they did in the whole, like, you know, gaming scene. Like with the first, I think, mm-hmm. 3D Mario on Nintendo 64. That was like one of the pioneers of 3D platformers. I love to play that one. And of course, the classic Mario's. I've never played those stuff because I never had a Nintendo or even right now I have a Switch or anything. And there there and unfortunately there aren't even emulators on for PC. I think there are, but it, it I have yeah. to do a lot of stuff, you know, to get it working. But yeah, I'll definitely try them, you know, when I get the chance. Amazing stuff, I know. Like yeah. when I was a kid I was a Sega Genesis. <laughs> yeah, I think kid. I bought I, sorry. Sorry, go on, go on. Ah, uh. No, sorry, no, no, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, so I was saying, like, oh. I was. Oh my God! Sorry, I'm... I apologize. Should I go on? I'm sorry for the audio listeners no, who are yeah. listening to this. This is the most awkward moment I've ever experienced on the podcast. <laughs> all right. So, so I'm gonna say, um, I was a Sega Genesis kid. All right. So Sega Genesis, uh, Sega's character in Response to Mario was Sonic. So I played a Sonic. Sonic. I don't know if you know Sonic. The character, the blue hedgehog. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So I used to play that a lot, but I never got to play Nintendo properly. You know, the Mario and Zelda games. But I'll definitely try them a lot. And, well, the next question is kind of we want to know Joyce Chang a bit more. Um, 
It's about what area beside the area you're working right now would you be interested to explore and learn in the future or even do? Uh, maybe it's uh, like some, maybe, you know, for example, someone once said they want to make a sanctuary one day for animals, you know, or maybe it's uh, an skill you want to learn. We want mm-hmm. to get to know the, your personality a little bit more. Okay. Well, something, when I first went into landscape architecture, I thought I was going to be doing, or at least the end goal would be like green architecture because I live in Taiwan and we don't have a lot of space and uh, we don't necessarily have the opportunity to uh, have park spaces the way that America does because of all the free, like the free space that they have. So one way to make uh, everything more sustainable would be to do green architecture. I'm currently working more on like park spaces and that kind of stuff, but eventually I do want to see if I can do anything with green architecture. So that could, I, I probably have to go for like other degrees like architecture or environmental design or engineering, but I would be like happy to do that. And with art, uh, one thing that I'm trying to get better at is definitely Blender because I've seen like the amazing things you can do with Blender and Blender just feels like intuitive like creation it just feels amazing like uh i still like drawing 2d but in blender you can make things and you can turn them around and you can like make animations you can view them from different angles it just feels like like creation in like a more pure way i guess it i really enjoy it and i want to get better at that and yeah and with uh with my art stuff another thing i want to get better at definitely is like doing keyframes or like some kind of storyboarding like getting better at composition and pacing that kind of stuff yeah all right awesome and well with everything that's been said and done to conclude all the discuss please give us a roadmap for someone who is zero in visual arts and wants to get to the place you are in terms of skills of like where to start best books softwares courses anything that could come to your mind so for someone who is here and wants to get to you know where you are right now so what would those steps look like for someone to get there mm-hmm. uh I think I definitely have a more relaxed approach to learning art. And I think that is important for someone starting out to not stress themselves out too much. And I feel like artists give themselves a lot of baggage that isn't necessary to your creative process. And I think just by giving yourself more space and time, that's step one. And another, like to actual art learning, I think watching tutorials from different artists because some people zero in on one artist and they just consume everything they they create and just like mimic everything they do that will give your art growth but it'll be limited and it'll be in the direction of directly that one artist your art is from all the different artists like content you like like you enjoy and then you consume so if you only look at one artist your art is going to be pretty limited and you're not going to have a lot of like expression of yourself in that because you're just mimicking so i definitely encourage people to look at different artists and then look at tutorials from different artists and also one thing that's more like that's really easy to do is just to join someone's discord like join art discords that I recommend discords with some kind of paywall just because it keeps the trolls out. 
but join joining different artists discords and sometimes the artists will give you direct feedback or you can see other people trying really hard to do what you do and it could be definitely uplifting and on more concrete ways to improve definitely look at your fundamentals this is something that i miss when i was uh trying to get better at art fundamentals like color theory composition shape design perspective these are things that you definitely need to like drill it in your head in order to create freely as an artist because otherwise you're going to be relying on reference or you're going to be relying on mimicry and that's not consistent and that also gives you a really small box to work with so definitely expand your skill set try everything especially if you're starting off as an artist don't be scared to just step out of your comfort zone touch 3D if you've never done it before do some animation if you've never done it before try everything and then solidify your fundamentals and then you can go from there yeah all right thanks so much for joining us and where can people contact you if they have a question is your instagram account okay yeah, just DM me on Instagram, and I'm usually pretty active on that, and I'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for coming by, and thank you to everyone who's tuned in to listen or watch this episode. And take care, everyone, and see you next episode. Bye.